Welcome and happy Mother's Day to all the moms who are joining us today. Today we're going to learn about the spiritual discipline of guidance. I want you to think for a moment of the people who've helped guide you. Folks that God has put in your life who've shown you the way, who've offered direction at critical points, leading you to the right paths that you could not have found without them. Maybe it was a teacher, uh, maybe it was a pastor or a youth worker, a friend, maybe a family member. Let that person come into your mind. At the end of a pastoral meeting I had a few weeks ago, the man that I was talking with took time to tell me that he thought I was a good pastor. It meant a lot to me to hear that. He told me that the way that I taught the Bible helped his faith grow because when I told a story, it made him feel like he was there with me experiencing it. And then he also shared that I had a kind of compassion that gave him room and space to grow. As soon as he started giving me feedback about the things he appreciated in me, right away, I knew exactly where those things had come from. I knew that it was God who had built me up through the people that he put in my life who guided me, that made me that kind of person, and I told him so. I thought especially of my own father and mother. When I was a kid... My dad used to tell us stories in a way that made us feel like we were right there with him in the orchard picking cherries with George and Barbara and Judy or down in the muddy creek bed searching for frogs and turtles. Always made us laugh, always gave us a picture of what mattered in life from the inside. The way that I learned to speak and to tell stories came from my father. And then, whatever compassion and understanding and kindness I have, that came from my mother. When we were little, she told us, whenever you're interacting with someone, especially if they're challenging, remember that each person is doing the best that they can, given all of the circumstances that they've lived through up until that point when you're with them. My mom taught me that, and she also modeled it. Without the guidance that I had received, there's no way I would be the pastor that I am. When I told him that, he shared with me about some of the people that had helped shape and form him to be the person that he was. It's hard to overestimate the impact that good parents can have on a person. And that's not just a sentimental idea that fits with today because it's Mother's Day. It's also an illustration for this morning's lesson, which is about the importance of the spiritual discipline of guidance. God helps us grow by the guidance he gives us through the faithful people that he puts in our lives. Have you experienced that yourself? Many of us will have. God also wants each of us, and this is true for every one of you, no matter where you are in faith, he wants each of us to learn to grow so that we can practice guiding others, whether we're moms or not. 
Let's start with some clarity and a definition. Guidance is practical direction. Teaching and advice that comes from someone who knows better, has more experience, is more capable, and who aims at illuminating the pathways that lead to progress, otherwise too dark to be found. Spiritual guidance is this kind of direction when it's aimed specifically at progress on God's pathways, providing practical help for spiritual growth, putting roots down into the love and grace of God. It's a discipline because to be guided requires the conscious and consistent effort to receive wisdom. Maybe you know that it's not always easy to be taught because there's something in us that resists it. The discipline of spiritual guidance requires humility. It requires the decision to be teachable and then to put the direction that you receive into practice. Now, without guidance, you cannot get very far in growing spiritually. Many folks that I've worked with over the years as a pastor have expressed to me the desire to grow in their relationship with God wanting to feel the reality of Jesus' presence more than they have in the past or to develop an emotional connection with him that makes him feel more alive. Maybe you yourself have felt this need. Very few folks realize that without guidance, over a long period of time, it's very unlikely to happen. And this is because the right paths that lead to life and vitality in relationship to God are impossible to find without help and without practice. Knowing the difference between the pathways which are good and bad is especially difficult, and you'll know this, because the world is full of untrustworthy voices which are encouraging you all the time to walk in the wrong way. Without help, it's very hard to tell the difference. Without a trusted and experienced guide, we don't get far. Now, Scripture makes this plain. Uh, If you pay attention to the way that Jesus interacted with his disciples, you can see that he did not expect them to know how to walk without the guidance that he gave them. And that's why so much of his interaction with his followers amounted to telling them which way to go and which way to avoid. The same is true in the rest of the New Testament. If you find your way into any one of the letters there and pay attention, you'll see that they are full of direction, which is meant to help disciples know how to grow spiritually. Apart from it, they would never find the ways to become more vital in their relationships with God. And then, at certain points in the Bible, you'll even find the subject of guidance addressed directly. Uh, We're going to spend some time in one of those places. If you have a Bible, find your way to Proverbs chapter 6. Anyone who's read that book all the way through will know that it is literally full of direction and guidance for growing spiritually. In chapter 6, starting at verse 20, there's a section which directly describes the need for and then the benefits of guidance. Let's take our time Starting in verse 20. My child, keep your father's commandment 
and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them upon your heart always, tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching is a light, and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. The big idea here is captured in the very last clause there. The person who accepts guidance finds the way of life, as opposed to the way of death. Do you know from your own experience what it's like to be walking through the day and feeling like you're on the way of death? Guidance, the gift which God gives to us through others, will determine whether we experience today as vital, invigorating, and thrilling, or dull and empty and soul-sucking. When you learn to accept faithful guidance, then it's like a lamp in the dark. And just as a light shows the way through the dark, guidance shows the way to life. Without illumination, you can't find the right path. In the same way, without guidance, you cannot grow spiritually. You might be able to, to a certain point, but not beyond that. You can't experience the life that God made you for without the wisdom of someone who knows better, who God has put into your life to offer reliable guidance. That's the meaning of the reference to father and mother at the start of this section. Look again with me at the way uh, we opened in verse 20. My child, keep your father's commandment and do not forsake your mother's teaching. God's design is in mind here for life. And that is that parents should provide reliable spiritual guidance for their children. If you are a parent, take that to heart for a moment. If you wonder, what does God want from me in life? That you should provide reliable spiritual guidance to your children. And, and his design here is that sons and daughters should keep the commands and follow their parents' teaching. All of us, in some measure, are children. We should take this to heart as well. Do you know that it doesn't always work out according to God's plans? <laughs> Many children, and maybe you were one of them, grow up with parents who never offer faithful or reliable spiritual guidance. And many parents live with children who do not keep their commandments. Yes? <laughs> But the point here, which is true and vitally important for all of us, is that God made us, every one of us, to need guidance. That's not by mistake. It's how God designed us. And guidance is available to everyone who is willing to receive instruction through their father and mother, and if not, then through the spiritual parents that God always provides to grow as God intends 
requires a conscious determination to receive guidance. And that is true for every single one of us. Look at verse 21 again. Bind them, and and them there is the guidance that comes from those God has put in your life. Bind them upon your heart always. Tie them around your neck. Hold on to guidance, this means. Internalize it like it was bound to your heart always. Keep it in front of your mind just like a necklace hangs in front of your body. When you accept guidance, there are very good consequences. Those are spelled out in the promises that unfold in verse 22. Look, when you walk, they will lead you. First promise. Whoever is open to accepting reliable guidance will receive direction. That's what's promised here. When you are walking through life, And the way becomes clear. Has that ever happened for anyone here? Guidance will lead you. At the fork in the road, the teachable person will hear a voice. Walk in that way. It's the right way. When you feel like reacting, guidance will enable you to be restrained. When you want to run, guidance will strengthen you to stand your ground. When you're lost and confused and discouraged and ready to give up, guidance will help you persevere. If you are humble and open, then faithful guidance will direct you. There's a second promise. When you lie down, they will watch over you. Guidance promises protection. Sleep is when you're the most vulnerable, the least able to defend yourself. But guidance will keep you safe. That's the promise here. It will protect you from the harm that you would otherwise be open to. You will not be overwhelmed by adversity. When the sudden storm comes, you will withstand the pressure. When panic is overtaking other people, you will have peace. And at the end of the day, your sleep will be sweet because Guidance offers true protection. Uh, If you've read through the book of Proverbs, you'll notice that all of those promises I've just enumerated come from the book. One more promise here in verse 22. And when you awake, they will talk with you. Imagine a conversation partner who is available to you as soon as the sun comes up. Someone who is ready to engage in discussion then and all day long with you to listen and then to respond, to give you feedback, to hear your questions and to ask questions, to offer help that is tailored to your specific needs at the moment. Guidance received is like the promise of a good coach. That's third, someone who is there to work to help you succeed. The person who is humble enough to receive instruction and open to the guidance that comes from the spiritual leaders that God provides, receives all of these benefits. That's a promise. Pause for a moment now and think, has God given me any leaders or spiritual figures in my life who can offer guidance or who have? If the answer is yes, be grateful for them. Uh, If you're wondering what to expect from people like that, the book of Proverbs is filled with magnificent assurance. Okay, think for a moment of where you are confused in life right now. Let, Let whatever it is come into your mind. 
Guidance will provide clarity. Think of a place where you are anxious. Guidance will give you peace. Think of a a place that uh, right now is making you afraid. A guidance will provide confidence. Think of where you're weak and you don't have the strength needed for that challenge. Guidance will build you up and make you strong enough. Now, of course, God does not force any person to accept or receive the guidance which is given. You can choose either to accept or not the guidance that is given. And just as there are good promises for those who accept guidance, the book of Proverbs is filled with promises for what will happen in life if you choose not to receive the guidance which is given. Some of those promises are severe. Uh, Proverbs thirty seventeen. Listen to this one. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by vultures. When I was a young pastor, uh, a man in my church actually came up to me shortly before Father's Day and he offered to pay me to preach on that text. I didn't accept his offer. Um, he, He didn't offer enough money. The question that we should ask, and and it's an important question to ask, is where do I get guidance? If I need it, and, and by the way, you all do, and I do too, and if I should accept it and receive it in order to grow as God wants me to, and, and that's the way it works, then I should be looking for it. If I haven't got it yet, I should Uh, figure out where to discover it and I've got three places to look for it. And if you will work at it, then you will find it. If If you're not willing to put the work in, you won't find it, I promise. But if you will try to find guidance, God has made it accessible to those who look. And so here's the first place practically for you to look for guidance. It is in trustworthy friends. Go to a friend who has proven character. Does someone come to mind? Someone who is working at following Jesus himself, that has to be true, and then ask that friend to listen as you explain whatever dilemma you face and then ask him to reflect on what you shared at a later time while praying to God that he will receive wisdom for how to advise you. Give him those instructions and then schedule a follow-up conversation where he reports back. And when that happens, listen carefully to what he says. Set the same scenario up with one or two other friends. Do the same thing. You don't have to tell them that you've already tried this with another person. But then, after the two or three do this, compare the feedback that they give you. And if the advice matches, then you should trust that God is offering his guidance to you through those friends. If you've never done this with your Christian friends before, now's the time to try it. Maybe you could make this a new feature of those friendships that have never had this kind of practice. If you're embarrassed to talk about your challenge, please listen. Do not let shame 
keep you from receiving God's guidance from those friends. Be brave and be humble and share honestly. You will probably discover that this encourages your friends to do the same with you at a later time. That's the first place where you will find guidance if you go looking for it, trustworthy friends. Here's the second place to look. Faithful small groups. Maybe you've been close to three or four couples and a few friends you know from church for the last couple of years. Or or maybe you've just recently accepted the challenge to join a community group at Wren Church. But you've never imagined that this group might provide God's guidance for you as you seek to grow spiritually. These people are a second potential instrument for God's guidance. Okay, let's say you're at a fork in the road and you just don't know which way to go or your faith has really stalled out or you're dealing with some kind of crisis in your family or with some other folks and you're carrying the weight of it all by yourself. Tell this group that you need a special meeting with them. And then when everyone sits down, you lay it all out for them and tell them what you're going through and tell them, I need your help. Many of us, maybe most of us, have a really hard time admitting that we don't have it all together. Our pride makes us pretend we're okay rather than admitting we need help so that we can actually be okay. And I know this because it happens to me all the time as a pastor that people open up to me when they choose not to open up to the other people that God has put in their lives. But if you would try this with whatever small group God has given you in your life, if you were open and vulnerable, I am confident that God would guide you through their feedback. And I've seen this with my own eyes In my living room, when Michelle and I lived back in Red Bank, we hosted a small group there. There was a relatively new member of our group who, after being there for a few weeks, shared with everybody that he had never, ever been in a church where he could talk about real life with other Christians. Do you remember this? He said, I wonder if you guys could give me some help. The job that I have is an environment where it's really hard to follow Jesus. He was a diamond dealer. Doesn't that sound cool? Like mysterious? He, he spelled out some of the challenges he faces at work. And then he told us, I want to follow Jesus. It's really hard to do where I work. Can you give me some advice or think about how I may do that better? And then it was amazing to see how God was able to speak through some of the people in that group. That's the second place to look for it. If you don't have a small group, then go find one. Uh, The same goes for Christian friendships. If you haven't got any at church, grab a few people and say, let's try to walk this road together and then make a, a, a part of your friendship the discipline of receiving guidance. Here's the third place to look. Mature disciples. Identify someone that you've seen or that you know who is further along in faith than you are, and then ask them directly if they would be willing to talk with you regularly to offer spiritual guidance. Uh, Let a, a person come into your mind right now who might be like that. 
Uh, Maybe it is your mom. Uh, Maybe it's someone else's mom. Uh, Someone that you've met at church or or that you've just begun uh, to get to know. It has to be someone who's on the path of spiritual growth himself. It should be a Christian who accepts herself because she believes in the gospel. It has to be someone who doesn't change her opinions with the times, who isn't selfish or apathetic or content with mediocrity. It should be a person who's unshakable, compassionate, committed, and willing to offer tough love, someone who will take on parental responsibilities if necessary, who will be vulnerable and share his own struggles and doubt, but whose faith is strong and able to be shared. Find someone like that, a mature disciple, and ask for regular guidance. Now, I know that someone is thinking, I've tried And it's too hard to find people like that. There is a scarcity of maturity. Anyone thinking that? Let's say that's absolutely true. Let's do something about it if that's the case. Instead of lamenting that you don't have someone more mature who can guide you, how about finding someone less mature who you can guide? And if you do this, you will definitely grow as you help someone else grow. The teacher learns twice. If you don't possess the qualities which I just enumerated, okay, then start working on those qualities so you can help someone else. That happens to be the secret of growth for disciples, we don't grow for ourselves, but when we grow in order to help others. If you've only been growing in faith for one year, fine. Find someone who's only been growing for six months and then help them out with the advanced work that you've already done. If every single one of us did this for one person, think about it. Everyone would have someone more mature than us guiding us except for the most mature person. That would be the only one who is left out. And since they're the most mature, we can assume that they're going to manage. I want you to listen and take this to heart. Please do. Get to work on helping guide someone else. You don't have to know everything or be all the way down the road. You just have to be willing to look behind you and find someone who's a little further back and try it out. That's first. And then do not give up on looking for someone who's ahead of you who can be a guide. Be tenacious. Ask. And if the first person you ask can't do it, ask someone else and keep asking. And and if you don't have anyone to ask, I'd be willing to point you to a few people. I've done this before and they may say no, but I'll give you another name. Because it's just that important to develop the spiritual discipline of guidance. This is how God is going to help us grow as a church altogether, and we should grow as a church altogether, and as individuals, when we take responsibility for the discipline of spiritual growth through guidance. Be teachable. Abide by the instruction that you receive. Apply yourself to learning and following the paths that God sets before you through the spiritual guides he gives you and then you will keep growing. 
Maybe it seems like the task is hard and the cost of discipleship, as we've been describing it already in this past month, is high. Maybe it is. I assure you that the work of life without these disciplines is much harder. And the cost of non-discipleship now and forever is much, much higher. That's true. So, let's be ready to work. Receive all of the help that God is ready to give and then keep growing. Let's pray now and ask God for that ability. God, we thank you that you accompany the invitation to go on growing with the promise that you will abide with us, indeed within us, to enable us to move forward. We thank you for each person that you've brought to mind this morning as we've reflected on those who've guided us in the past. Help us be people who are grateful and then help us turn that gratitude into steps of intentionally helping others. Please bring to mind right now for each one of us at least one person who you are inviting us to help by offering guidance with the little that we happen to know. Help us be proactive and faithful as we offer the wisdom that you've given us to other people and then put it in our minds right now those places where you are already inviting us to seek guidance, whichever friends we need to reach out to and to ask for advice, whichever small groups of people that you've connected us to who can be your instruments of growth, whichever individual disciple you had in mind for us uh, when you've invited us to grow, bring them to mind and then help us take steps to move toward them. And then lastly, I pray that you'd prepare each of us to receive requests to be useful to others with confidence and the assurance that not under our own power, but with the power that you supply, we will be useful to you as you use us to guide others. We pray all of these things in the name of our good shepherd who is our guide in the name of Jesus. Amen.